Welcome to Your Untamed Life, the podcast bringing you stories of transformation, growth, fear, success, alignment, challenges, and more, with the intention to inspire you and light you up to find your unaligned path of transformation and let it unfold in front of you without letting fear hold you back. I'm Amanda Petra, your host and passionate human being. Without further ado, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode and welcome Riley McKillop to this podcast episode. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, all right. I'm so glad you're here. So I'm just going to quickly intro you and then I would love to hear about, you know, what you're doing, what you're up to now. So basically right now you are a business mogul. I'm going to call you that (laughs) with two companies currently and growing and so you have Unwind Escapes, a booking website for nature-inspired accommodations, which is like what brought us together. So cool. And you're connecting travelers with nature and providing gorgeous stays in unique properties, which I love about it is like, well, that, and then it's also cheaper and easier than Airbnb, which is cool. <laughs> so thank you for doing that. And thank you for bringing that to the world. And then you also have Life of Rally Management, which is a property management company, and you're making waves in that industry as well with virtual and full management and they're at much more affordable rate as well which I'm very happy about because thank you I think everyone's thanking you for that especially in Sydney so I'd love for you to dig into what you're up to now and what your plans are for taking these two to empire size because that's what connects us and I think we're all interested and if we weren't we probably are now so welcome again and so what do you currently do and what does your life look like right now yeah, perfect. Well, I think summarize those quite nicely. The yeah, Unwind Escapes is focused on nature-inspired stays, unique accommodations, and helping people get out into nature, breaking down the barriers that people face getting out of the city where they want to go camping or just get out into the great outdoors. We kind of break down those barriers and make it really easy for people to do so. So they don't have to buy any equipment. They don't have to drive exorbitant amount of time. And when they get there, they have everything they need to live comfortably rather than sleeping on the ground, pitching a tent, cooking over a fire. You know, they've got everything they need when they get there. Uh, so that's kind of unwind. And then Life of Riley Management at the moment, we're in the middle of a, a pivot, which we're just kind of going in new-ish direction as of the other day. So basically, we had the, the virtual management and the full management, and we're putting a lot more eggs in the virtual management basket as it's a more scalable model. And we think that we can have a really big impact, not just on like individual short-term rental owners, but larger property managers, hotels, and eco resorts as well in bringing them great technology and getting them distributed and exposed across the web uh, so that they're seen really well and that they have access to a large network of, of travelers that want to go and stay at their place. Oh, that's really cool. So if someone were to come to you for virtual management, what would you be doing them, doing for them? So still kind of working out the fine details and getting a lot of customer feedback on on what our customers actually value and actually want. So we're still tweaking the model, but basically it's distribution. So making sure that your list, your property is listed across all of the relevant booking websites. So the, the major players, but also building out a direct booking website for you, listing you on some more unique OTAs or online travel agencies, such as Unwind Escapes and some of the affiliates we've got. And then we also can run larger marketing campaigns with social media, as I said, the direct booking website, or we can even go and do PR and, and TV and and campaigns like that down down the road. Amazing. So I'm sure people will be taking you up on that. In droves, because I do feel like that's where everyone wants to go. Really cool. So if we were to rewind, like, did you ever think you would be in industry doing what you're doing now? No, no. I guess it didn't fall upon me by chance, but it definitely wasn't what I grew up doing or aspiring to. I grew up riding horses in the northern beaches of Sydney. And when I graduated high school, I went full-time on that career and moved to the United States and uh, spent five years over there writing professionally, did my time there and decided I wanted to learn a new skill, moved back to Australia as a, as a bartender and was living out at a property on the central coast, 
where it was just a beautiful, beautiful kind of 13 acres on an old cricket ground and thought we have to share this with people. So we pitched a glamping tent and started renting it out. And I had a property manager take over and wasn't very happy with the kind of speed or intuition that was taken. So they came to me and said, you know, I think you'd be better taking it over yourself. So I said, you know what, I think I will and started doing it. And kind of as I went and learnt and learnt and learnt, I built out more products, more solutions and took it beyond just that glamping tent. We built another one of those and a, and a dome on that property and then started doing solutions for, for other people as well. Oh, that's like the on- ultimate entrepreneur thing. Like, I'm just going to make this better. Like, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Let's just fix this. Yeah, hundred percent. Like the the opportunity kind of just opened up in front of me, and yeah, I think I'm a big advocate for jumping in, and I think that's something that I've done all, all the way along. Even when I went to the US or started bartending, I kind of just jump in head first and figure it out as I go, and understand that you're going to make mistakes and there's early learnings. But I think one of my strengths is is learning things quite quickly, and then being able to like pick that up and adapt, and you know really take it on full head first so cool so where do you think that's come from like there's skills and that courage and that determination to jump full head on I'm not 100% sure I think probably just you build up a bit of fortitude by repetition so like if you can do it once and face that if you have a fear around it if you can kind of get over that fear one time and see the other side and then look back on it then it's a lot less confronting to do again. So that's why, you know, I've kind of learned already a couple of different skills and then gone and, and worked or now have a business in those because I kind of broke through that barrier early when I decided, all right, I'm leaving the house that I've lived in my entire 18 years up until that point and, you know, really just go left field and, and move overseas and try something totally new. And that, you know, again, came with a lot of challenges, but it really built my mental structure, I guess, at the moment and really helped me find out who I am and give me that individuality. And then, yeah, just kind of went from that and brought that home with me and haven't looked back. Awesome. I definitely relate to that. So what was it like moving overseas and like, what was it like over there? How did it feel once you were first there? It was like, I got very homesick to start. Like it was very much the first couple of weeks. My parents came over a week in, which was nice to help me settle, but I kind of got there and, and even on the plane ride over, I was very much like, what have I done? Like I just dropped everything that I knew to go to something that I literally only knew from Facebook messenger conversation, which in hindsight, I wasn't quite like sure how that all happened, but yeah, no, it was it was kind of just finding my feet and I was lucky enough to go into a, a barn that I was working at there as, as a working student and, you know, getting acclimatized and just having some people there that were there to support me and really help me get used to it. I was sent straight to secondary customs when I went through San Francisco airport. So that was an immediate kind of shock of, you know, oh my God, this is a big, scary world. And I got through customs on the quote benefit of the doubt and then they told me not to come back anytime soon and then I ended up staying there for five years so oh my gosh what did they think you had it was a couple of things like coming in on a one-way flight and you know only having talked to the people I was going to on Facebook messenger they just weren't really sure like why I was there or what I was doing so yeah, they got had to wait three hours and got plenty of questioning. But yeah, not my last experience with secondary customs in, in the US either. Yeah, no, I got that here and I got that in a few other places. And people don't realize that, I think, with like solo travel, that happens a lot. I feel like I blocked those out of my memory, though, and I feel like you really held on to that memory. <laughs> like That was brutal. <laughs> not good. I think two out of the three or two out of the four times I've gone into the US, I either was sent to secondary customs or one time I got denied entry totally during COVID. So that's a whole nother story, but yeah, I've had some 
traumatic times with the U.S. border security. Going into the U.S. is the scariest. Yeah, because they have guns and they always end up like overreacting and they always end up like with act- actual police and shit on you and you're like, what's happening? <laughs> like, what? Well, I, well, I didn't do anything. I'm just living my life. It's a very dehumanizing environment. That's a good point. Yeah, it is. I think they're just, yeah, on too much high alert. They're all really nervous and like they're all really expecting the worst. But what happened during COVID? So why did you end up trying to go into America during COVID? So this is uh, August, June, July, 2021. I really wanted to go overseas. I was all cooped up. We were finally allowed like out again. And I was like, I went to my friend and my partner and I was like, I want to go overseas. And so we found, I found out that Greece was open for travel and it was like the only country around. So I went to my friends, I said, do you guys want to go to Greece? And they all said, yes. So I was like, I'm going to plan the whole trip, do everything. Like I'll book your flights, I'll book the car, I'll book the accommodation, the tours, everything. And so we went and did a 18 day trip in Greece, which I was planning to do a, a flight to Greece and then another flight back to Australia to come home. But of course, Australia closed its travel and then I had to fly back to the US. So we got back to the US and everyone that I traveled with was American. So they went to the citizen side of immigration and I went to the traveler side and then secondary customs. And then I was missing a form called the National Interest Exemption Waiver, which is basically a COVID specific form to say, because I was on an athlete visa, that I am good enough at my I'm like at the top level of my sport so that it is worth letting me into the US during COVID because they don't want to just let anyone in. And so I didn't have that waiver, even though I did all of the research and never found out about it. So yeah, they basically said, Do you have any ties to to the US to let us in? And then I said, Well, I can't lie, I'm under oath, so no, I don't. And they said, All right, we're gonna have to send you back over to to Greece and deny you entry. Which normally has like five-year ban on returning to the country but because it was COVID that was waived but that's didn't stop me from well they said we're gonna send you to a room in the back while you wait for your flights and where you'll be more comfortable anyway as you say big security police you know walk me back there give me a very thorough pat down and say you know everything in your bag you can take your shoelaces out of your shoes or you can take your shoes off you said I was going to be more comfortable and everything in the bag. So then I got locked in a detention cell in the airport because I was technically in breach of border law. And I spent 19 hours in detention waiting for my flight with nothing to do. Lily, my girlfriend on the other side of customs waiting for me and my parents back home stressing out that they hadn't heard from me. So I put everyone through a lot of heartache during that kind of 24 hours. Um, but then I ended up flying back over to Greece where we had to go and get the exemption waiver. So we went to the embassy and they said, we're not offering the waiver for athlete visas anymore. And then we went to the United States Equestrian Federation. They said, oh yeah, we are offering the waivers, but you have to be in the top 100 of the world to get it. We And then we were like, well, I'm not in the top 100 of the world. And they said, yeah, we basically just made it to get people back from the Olympics. So I was stranded in Greece and the only way I could get back into the US was spending two weeks in a COVID green country, which were Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Mexico, all of the, the hard ones to get into, except Mexico probably. Like, could not get into. <laughs> Either their border was closed or like Australia and New Zealand, there just wasn't any flights. Like it wasn't like, oh you can't get into the country when you get there. Like there was just no plane. So I was stranded in Greece and we spent four days just looking through all of the COVID green countries to see if there were any I could get into. And we stumbled upon, upon Costa Rica. And so I booked a flight from Athens to San Jose. I spent 16 days in Costa Rica, which turned out to be an incredible 16 days after the first few where I was getting over the kind of stress of everything. And yeah, then flew back into Miami with all my paperwork ready. And the border security officer kind of looked at me and stamped my passport, didn't even ask me a single question. Oh, nice. They didn't even know what you went through. Yeah, I did all of that, but just get let through. Come on. Could have 
first time. Anyway, it's quite a nightmare. A, quite a nightmare, yeah. Yeah, that's why we didn't travel during COVID. But I mean, good, good on you for going. It's always figure outable is the word figure out. Yeah, it ended up into amazing trips. It just had a lot of stress and heartache in the middle. Well, I'm glad you were able to get back into Australia. I made it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you got a good story out of it. So that's cool. That's all right. So you went through all of that. Did you already have a business at the time? No, no. So the actually the business would have been starting right about that time actually i think july 2021 was when we first had bookings come through it must have been i always get this confused and i always mix up the dates but it must have been just after that like september over 2021 we were like up and running, but I was playing around with the business in June, 2021. Yeah. Cause I came back here for my sister's wedding at the end of 2020 when there was still flights. Yeah. The timeline's a bit blurry. <laughs> I get very blurry around the COVID timelines too. I'm like, when were we allowed to do stuff? No, and when did I decide to actually go do stuff? And oh, it was horrible. That's okay. So that's all right. You started it around then and then you've already grown it to what it is now, which is incredible. And so how did you end up on that property out on the coast, did you say? Yeah. So it's out on the central coast. It's 90 minutes north of Sydney. I, so when I moved back in, it was November 2021, I moved back here and I had done a bartending course in Miami after I'd got back after Costa Rica because I had left horses at that point and I wanted to learn a new skill, was playing around with some photography in Miami and then got a bartending course for my birthday from Lily and her mum. And so I did a two-week intensive course. And then when I flew back, I was like, okay, I'll continue on the bartending because I'd kind of gone into that and I was taking it pretty seriously. So I was working in a bar in Terrigal and that was 45 minutes from the property that my grandfather owns out on the central coast so I was living there while I was working at the bar and that's kind of when I was just sitting out there one day after getting home up at 3 a.m and then waking up again before going back to the bar and I was just sitting there and I was like this place is so, so special well they're lucky that they had you to see that vision for them because that's really cool you've turned it into something that everyone else can experience as well that's it I think everyone in my family kind of saw that vision. My sister wanted to do something along the same lines a couple of years earlier. She moved out to Cowra, where I am now, her husband, and the property kind of started getting used less and less. So the timing just worked out for me. But you took action too, so <laughs> it's a big difference. There's always things I'm like, well, we should do this and we should do that. But then it's the things that you take action on that obviously turn into something. I think for Steph, there was a little bit of kickback, but it worked out in the end. Yeah. Is she involved in it now? She, we have the pretty much a very similar setup here. This, I'm at her property right now, this dome that we've got. And then we've also got two glamping tents on this property. She's taken over and built this up and runs it. The lovely farm stay. They've got sheep and cat, and um, no cattle, sheep, horses, and dogs, and a lot and an orchard as well. As uh, so, people can come and stay and and have fresh eggs and oranges from the farm. So it's a beautiful spot out here. Those are the kinds of places I've been looking for to stay. So I will be visiting her property one day. I'd love to get more people out to Cowra. It is a very special spot out in the central west, and we were closely with Cara Tourism and they have some great events going on. So hoping to see a really good kind of spring. I mean, now in spring is the best time to visit. They've got the Cherry Blossom Festival going on and canola fields are all out and bright and yellow and it is a great time to come. Yeah. Oh, the canola fields are beautiful. Amazing. Is it, what's like the closest place, like main city to there? So when you kind of come from Sydney, you go through Lithgow, Bathurst, Blaney, and then you get to Cowra. 
just south of here, about an hour south is Orange, and then an hour and a half, I think, is Canberra. And there's a few places that people could come from. So everyone go to Cara. There is an airport. I don't know how like commercial the flights are, but there is an airport. Oh, it's probably those little sketchy planes. No one wants to go on them. <laughs> if we can get a helicopter, maybe. Helicopters more or less sketchy. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. You gotta get some like helicopter pilots that just like fly people an hour and a half from like Canberra or something. There's like bar t- like oh like the tours in Darwin where they do they do helicopter bar hops. So cool. Yeah, well, one of the one of the big incentives of uh, Destination Central West, the tourism agency here, is to get better infrastructure for electric vehicles. So we're looking into putting some charging points here on our properties that people can come and stay at and charge up their car so that this whole region becomes more accessible for people that want to bring their EV because at the moment there's not enough infrastructure out here. Thing. Okay. How would you power those? Like, how would you power the charging stations? You power, so, you know, you put them on the mains. You can run them on, like, on a off-grid system, but the Tesla or any electric vehicle batteries are so big that they take a massive, massive draw. So ideally, it would be running them from the grid, but from a renewable source. You got Kara. have to ask the county to be on board then. Yeah, so interesting. Okay, so back to like your vision. So like as you're on this, do you feel like you've gone through a lot of like mindset blocks, roadblocks, like within yourselves at all? Or are you just like, I can do this? Oh, countless, countless. It's been it's been a, a massive journey just from starting off with, you know, the one glamping tent and doing it myself to hiring a small team, learning how to deal with that, learning how to deal with regulation, uh, clients, insurance, working with clients, expanding from one region into the Central West. And now we've got Sydney, Central Coast and Central West locations, managing the logistics, the finances, bookkeeping, accounting. Like there's been so many things that kind of have just come up and been like, okay, now I got to figure this out. Now I got to figure that out. And certainly there's been times where I've been running out of money or at least stressed about it and how I'm going to make payroll and, you know, where, where am I going to make the the next dollar from and how am I going to expand and what's the product? Like there's just been so many questions and so, so many little doubts and, you know, uncertainties, but I think I've just been in the mindset of follow the, the system, trust the process and make good decisions, stay authentic and really like make sure that you provided a solution to the client that they really value give more value than you receive and then you've got at least you know i've got the foundation there that i can give myself the confidence to to go out and continue growing and you figured it out all along the way so no one's gone without you paid payroll you've done all the things so I always try to look back at that and you're like, you've done it. Why do we keep panicking? So, the, yeah, but now, like you say, there's times where, you know, you see the bank account getting low, but you just go, all right, I've been here before. I've done this before. I know it's going to kick back up. It's just a dip. You know, that's part of the business cycle. So you just try, you know, have that fortitude and, and keep pushing forward. Yeah, fortitude's good. Yeah, and it's peaks and valleys. Is that what we have? We talked about in our environment. <laughs> The valleys are can be dark, but like if you just look at it as like this is an expected dip, then it's a lot easier to climb back out of. Hundred percent. And then like figuring out when you're in a dip, what like do you need to stop spending? Do you need to increase your spending? Like learning Sometimes, the numbers, yeah, really important. Finding out the ROIs um, of of the marketing, yeah, a lot that goes into it, as all business owners know. So yeah part of the journey and yeah trying to like actually increase spending when you're in a a valley that's like a really hard mindset to shift but once you do and you just see that it actually helps you like get out of it like much quicker you might as well just do it just trust yourself you can invest (laughs) even when it feels like bleak 
something something I'm still kind of grappling with and and it's very much analyzing the dip is it one that you can spend in or is it one that you need to cut costs in or you know finding out the the intricacies of, of why you're in this situation and what is going to pull you out of it is, is really important yeah do you feel like you act on more like analytics or a little bit of an intuition as well I think it's intuition backed by analytics and I like I go into everything with a very experimental mindset. I don't mind. Like I, one of the things I like to talk to my employees about is, you know, there's no failure. There's no wrong. There's it that didn't work, and then learn why that didn't work, and then try like adapt, optimize, and then try again. So you're, you know, we're always experimenting. We're not, you know, you, you didn't do something wrong. We tried something new. And it either works or doesn't work. And then we continue to push what does work and we cut what doesn't work. And eventually you're going to land on something that is a really valuable solution or product for for whoever it's targeted at. Yeah, 100%. I think like, well, all of life is an experiment. When I like realized that I was like, your whole life is an experiment. You haven't done anything, like pretty much anything already. You haven't already done it. You got to just go face first and start experimenting, start jumping start researching and then jumping even if you research something and you analyze something and then you take the leap that's still an experiment you just feel more secure in it and going back to your question about you know how have I mentally gone about jumping into things head first I think kind of ties into it quite well I I recognized that I was given a great childhood I'm in a privileged situation where I have opportunity I was born in a great country and I have access to some of the best technology that humanity has ever had. So like, what's my obligation? Well, my obligation is that I've been given all of this and I've been so lucky so far that there's no reason that I can't go out and take everything that I've got around me and make something really impactful and really beneficial with it. Yeah, and you want to support other people with what you've got and leverage off of what you've got that's all we can do yeah it's it's sharing sharing back and you know whatever I can create I'm creating for other people like it's my passion projects are you know how do we create a great way that is going to impact a lot of people and either give them access to go and travel in a really beautiful location or you know how do we make sure that you know, we're giving a more cost-effective solution or, you know, there's always differentiated between what we do and what is coming. And you're also helping the property owners, you know, make an income, but also, you know, let people experience their properties and all of that. There's so many layers to what you do. It's so cool. And then I think that, you know, it goes beyond just kind of properties. And even now, even though I haven't built any of it out, you know, I'm looking at all of this in the kind of aspect of how can we make it greener how can we make it more sustainable how can we have a social impact how can we give access to vacations and time off and holidays to more people of lower socioeconomic status how can we give people that have a farm that they run cattle on and how can we diversify their income stream with a farm stay to help them support their livelihood or their family better than you know just relying on a reasonably high risk industry which is farming because you know given climate change and everything if they're cropping you know one event can wipe out a massive part of their income so you know there's kind of constantly layers of how far you kind of think about it and what kind of impact we can make you know giving access to travel but then you go all the way down to how are we helping people out in rural areas diversify their income yeah 100 percent. farming is the most insane form of like entrepreneurialism that i've ever seen like the most high risk like you said like one wrong move and then everything is messed up but also yeah everything is out of your control i feel like absolutely everything is out of your control the oldest industry but it has never well it's gotten more advanced but i don't know that it's ever gotten easier yeah, I don't think it's gotten easier, even with all the technology and all the big farm equipment and everything. I think we just keep adding difficulty layers to it. Yeah, and then we make the climate even harder to work with. Mm, so true. 
if you were to tell like the version of you back when you started your business one thing like one tip that would change everything what would you tell him don't don't be intimidated by anyone and like or anything so i think to give an example i have always been a little bit intimidated by like social media and and putting myself out there and and you know really standing up and being counted and also something i've kind of been working on is you know i want to have that feeling of you can walk into any room and you can just be authentic and you can hold yourself i think that's something i've worked towards a lot and something i didn't have at the start you know you walk into a room and you know whoever you're surrounded by you kind of fall back into the corner and and let other people impact you but yeah just I think authenticity is, is such a huge thing that if you can really just know what you're trying to achieve and believe it, then it doesn't matter who you're talking to because they will either be for your vision and there to help you or they won't. And if they don't, then there's no problem with that. They go on with their life, you go on with yours and you keep finding the people that are there to support you. And the more you lean into your own authenticity, the more people like that you find that actually value that. I was very much the same. I was like, I'll just like melt into the crowd. I don't really want to be <laughs> seen. And then now here we are being seen and it's totally fine. And like the more you're seen, the more people are like, holy shit, like I love this about you and that about you. And you're like, I didn't know that that was like normal or accepted or anything like that. So 100%. I read a great book called The Soulful Art of Persuasion by Charles Harris, which I had a really big impact on kind of that mentality of, you know, you're not ever selling anything. You you don't have to be a salesperson. You just have to be authentic and the sales will come. You know, if you don't push things onto people and you just genuinely deliver on what you believe in, then that's going to be better and more rewarding and more beneficial than any sort of sales tactic. That you can. Yeah, like if you didn't have that like belief in what you're doing, you wouldn't have looked for all these other like areas that you can support people and you are supporting people with what you're doing you just be like I'm travel focused and that's it yeah so it's really good so I guess like to be in this stage of like your journey that you're at now too to other people who are striving to be further along in their business like what would you tell them is most important thing to focus on right now as they grow for, for me and this is something that you'll relate to it's it's building a team like you are your team and your team is what drives you forward. That's something that, you know, I'm very much in the process of and not at all an expert in, but it's something that I've identified in my life and my business is, you know, you can't do it alone. So find the people, spend the time to find the right people, you know, ask good questions and they continually be looking for that long-term solution, even though, you might meet someone right now that you go, oh, they would be amazing to work with, but they might have another job or be doing something else, but you can still make that connection and, and nurture that relationship. And then however far down the track, they might just go, oh, I really love what you're doing. I'd love to jump ship. Or, you know, if you need someone quickly, then go out and find that person. You know, just go out and do it and bring them into the team and make sure that you give them all the support that they need because. I think giving other people support and getting them to work together is going to be far, far more powerful and create a much bigger scalable product or company than you'll ever be able to create on your own. Definitely. Yeah. I've just been experiencing trying to do everything on my own, even though I have team members. I think nowadays, well, it's an interesting kind of, topic because there is so much AI and, and all of that coming into the equation and into people's businesses. And I think there, there is a, a place for AI and there is a place for a team, but I don't think AI can replace team. In, I think AI is a great tool to facilitate workflows and, and efficiency, but you still have that core team at the heart of the business. Otherwise you just, you know, it'll be soulless, but I also don't think it will ever I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure there's plenty of businesses out there that are like 90% AI run. 
oh man but like how empty would that feel is just like the human running it I don't even know like even if my business was running itself by itself I would be really like I don't know I would just feel empty I would be like okay that's cool that's doing that but I'm not doing anything to do that so is it really me is it really my business I don't know how people run businesses like that end of your party you're just gonna be you and a bunch of bots I can't do that I've just, you know, been working really closely with another web designer and we, you know, are building our empires together. She's part of my team now and just having her to like relate to and like what we're doing in business and like really have that vision together and build that together. It's so much more empowering and you don't have to work in your business for forever, but like having a team that like gets you up is just, I don't know, life-changing. Yeah, people to go along the journey with, to grow with, you know, it's all cool and and I mean, you have a mission-focused business, and I think I think that is such a a powerful kind of thought process in this day and age. Is creating a business with a mission and a vision in mind. Uh, you know, really focusing on what you're trying to change or what you're trying to achieve. Really, just sticking to that mission and going, you know, this is what we're going for. And everyone that you bring into that team, they got to buy into the vision. They got to buy into the mission. And if they do, then you create this kind of force all pushing in one direction that you know paves the way for you and I guess I would love to touch on like because we always talk about empires right and like they could be one big thing like what you're building is one basically one empire that like really flows together but it can be like separate compartments too like like you know I'm doing the web design I'm supporting people in certain ways and then I really want to lean into the eco empire that we were talking about and what connected us and just it doesn't have to be just one vision, one mission. It kind of is all like one rooted in the core of like, you know, supporting people, keeping people, I don't know, giving better a world to people, giving better options to people, things like that. So yeah, the entire mission into everything that you do. <laughs> just have to believe in it. Did you ever think you would have this grand vision for your business, like growing it to the size that you are and like the empire mindset and that like that you're already in it. It's like already unfolding in front of you every day. I've always had like a lot of ambition and I've always wanted to like my dad and I growing up would always create new kind of inventions and and I would always build out these business plans. And so I think it's always been in my nature to do something entrepreneurial but then yeah after going over and riding horses even when I was over there you know I was always thinking about okay how can I like buy a horse and then start a business do I want to do training do I want to do so I've always kind of no matter where I've been been looking at the business side of things and always dreaming of the top level like how do I take that as far as I can get it so I think it's always been there as far as like when we started that first glamping tent I don't know that I would have thought about the whole kind of empire and everything into entangling and, and working together. But I think from the very start, when I was creating the brand Unwind, which started as, it was originally called Yugen Experiences, which is a Japanese term, term, which basically is when you have a presence of the universe that leaves you lost for words. So I really, really love that kind of, term and that idea did a lot of market research on it and everyone said it was cultural appropriation we had to go with a different name and we came up with unwind but yeah basically since we started at unwind it was always like how can we connect people with nature and then it just evolved and every time you kind of make a new connection or you meet a new person that buys into to the vision like jesse for example who owns G uh, king domes who do the geodesic domes for glamping you know, he opened up a whole new avenue that i hadn't really thought about and now we've got domes across new south wales that people can go and stay in on beautiful locations we just opened a three dome complex down in Krakenback near, near threadbow which is a beautiful beautiful spot so it kind of has grown and then you start to see different ways that the empire can kind of work and, and how different things can come together. And then you also see new opportunities. It's like what we're doing with this pivot and going more into like a digital marketing space, but then also taking Unwind and offering 
multi-stop itinerary kind of package tours for Australian travel. So then, you know, there's a lot of companies like Tripadeal or, you know, that you can book your seven night holiday to China or Alaska or anything, but there's not as many to my knowledge of, you know, you can go and do a three day weekend around the central West or the North coast where you can go and stay in locations like this short-term rentals, unique stays, and you can have a you know long weekend where you come out and you support regional tourism. So, you know, different things like that all kind of work together. Well, the property management works together with the booking website, which works together with the tours, which, you know, it, it's all starting to intertwine. And then, yeah, we just kind of keep seeing new opportunities as I go along and I try and bring them all in as I, as I can. Yeah, and stay really open to them. It sounds like all the right things have come towards you. How cool is it though? Like, because what you do is so tangible. Like, how cool is it having like I've just set up three domes here and like, oh, so amazing. Everything I do is intangible. <laughs> like, <ugh. laughs> I think that's it's a super rewarding process to not only kind of see the vision come to life, but then when you get to see people interacting with what you've created and then leaving reviews about what you've created. I was up at the original Central Coast property this weekend, not even a couple of days ago, and just happened to get, be up there one day and there was this couple there that had been together for 10 years. And Roy came up to me and said, oh, I'm going to propose to Nadine. I was like, amazing, when are you going to do it? He said, oh, I'm going to do it today what's the plan? He's like, Oh, I don't really know, man. Like I might do it out in the oval and she's going to come and have a shower. And I was taking photos of our original glamping tent. The very first one I was doing, we were, we're upgrading the uh, complimentary packages there to get a whole like basket of food when you get there. So that's pretty exciting as well. But I ran into the clubhouse while she was getting ready and got a blanket and some of our rose petals from our romantic package and some love signs. And I ran out to the middle of the oval and and set all of that up for them and then she came out and walked into the middle of the oval and and you know she said yes and it was an amazing experience but you know just things like that that you kind of just happen by chance or just stumble upon that you kind of just take that moment to sit back and go wow like all of the things that happened up until this point facilitated this moment like all of the little decisions that people made the big decisions that we've done and you know you kind of just look back at the path you've taken wow like that's a that it all ended up here yeah you've been a part of so many people's like great moments and beautiful moments even if you don't know it which is really cool I love that you got to be a part of that one and set up the roses and oh thank god you and thank I, god you were there <laughs> all my camera equipment because I was taking photos of the tent so I was over at the tent and I had my big lens out so I was taking photos of them so I got to capture the moment for them as well. So I actually just finished editing those this morning and, and I'll send them over. So so many stories like that where they're, you know, we've had multiple proposals at, at our properties. We have families come and have big get-togethers together. We just had four mums come up and want to get away from their kids and they each had a glamping tent and, and they spent a couple of days up there. Like it, It's just so diverse and you see so many, so many people that you just don't cross paths with you know all sharing the joy in the same thing which is wow this is a really cool kind of place to just get out in nature the setup is really cool and it's so easy you know so easy and it cost effective cost effective to you which is mind-blowing that you're able to do all of that and keep it cost effective because we're just so used to it being so like out of reach that I'm glad that you're doing it a different way <laughs> Yeah, no, I try and keep, especially like the glamping tents, we try and keep it, you know, very, very affordable for people to get out. And we also, not at all of our properties, but I try and encourage as many of our properties as possible to do one night minimums because so many short-term rentals get scared and block it off for two nights. And especially with glamping, I think people just love to come for one night. They just get out. They don't have to bring any, they just go they enjoy it and then the next day they can go home back to whatever they were doing I don't think that yeah I don't think that would be a bad thing 
as a property owner for sure like you're just filling in those little spaces and it's not hogging up any of the space I don't think when you got people checking in and out every single day but I think I look at that as a positive because you know we have a team of, of people up there now that help run that property and you know we're giving them a great place to work we're giving them you know that we're bringing in them as part of our journey and, and they are so important to what we're doing because we you know to, to run a scalable business we can't be cleaning washing all the laundry making sure that the tents and this and that are, like we can't do that for every property so i think as we go region by region especially in regional areas tying in those local providers the whether it's cleaners whether it's you know yoga instructors or arts or musicians and we can bring people's hotel into these regional areas and then we can facilitate economic in that community by bringing in the local people the local providers and give them another kind of benefit yeah you're cutting out there for a second but I think we got it all but so like do you bring in like local produce and everything from around the area as well produce not yet I'm looking to do that when we hopefully we'll open up our first kind of on site restaurant next year but yeah local service providers for sure so whether it's like massage therapists yoga instructors artists musicians tour guides anything like that like we want to make sure that it's giving back to the community and not just we're a big monopoly that comes in and does everything in-house yeah oh beautiful tour guides will love that to be able to come there too let's experience all that amazing so for like the vision for the future what are you kind of like picturing well you've told us a little bit but like where are we at now what are we looking at yeah so I have you know the passion still going and I would love to expand this across Australia at least and then you know I don't see why we can't take the the glamping accommodation philosophy internationally as well but continuing down that path we want to grow Unwind, unwindescapes.com. We want to really push that and get a great community as a part of that. You know, if you want to travel in that way, you want to venture out to these unique stays, then we want to give you a really great place to go and book it. We're, we're now working with property managers and, and other providers of places like this to have a great distribution network for them to come and list their property and connect them with travelers that really want to go and stay it. So that's kind of like the vision for Unwind. And then the back end of Unwind, we have some great technology, which is powered by D Travel. Uh, really I have a great working relationship with them, have a lot of respect for that company. And, and they have some really impressive technology, which we're leveraging. So I would love to kind of take that Unwind model and then replicate it in a new niche. So we'll move, like do it again, but not in the nature stays, but we might do a, another another niche and try and, and replicate the same model. And then personally, I would love to start developing these kind of glamping sites as well on in these regional areas and really do some, some cool kind of passion projects along the way. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I'm really glad you're doing this in like the rural areas as well because I feel like we just don't get to experience them because they're taking up my farms and you can drive by it but like that's all you get or you go to a vineyard that's all you get so actually being able to immerse yourself in it is so amazing and incredible and I think everyone wants that more and more everyone's just like tired of being in the city. The destination New South Wales has split their kind of bodies into destination central west north coast south coast country and and they've all kind of got their own management plans but all of them are pushing to have a like greater access to regional travel like they want to make it accessible and high quality for people to come whether you know landing in sydney and then getting out of sydney into the regional areas but i just don't think that a international travelers are that aware of it and there are a lot of limiting factors such as the quality of service or the lack of EV infrastructure. And there, there's a lot of opportunity there, like just reading through 
those destination management plans and, and going through the, they have SWOT analysis there, which outline all the opportunities. So, uh, you know, for, for anyone that wants to get into the, that space, go and have a read of those and through the, the opportunities, because there's a government agency that is pushing to get more tourism into these areas. So however we can help make that happen, then I think, you know, everyone's going to win. Incredible. Oh, it'd be really great if international travelers were more of it, aware of it. Like, I remember, like, when I obviously lived outside of Australia, like, there's so little that you know about Australia and there's so little that you're like, I'm okay and comfortable going into the outback type thing. It doesn't seem like a comfortable thing to do. So if you can bring that to them, that will blow their minds. <laughs> they can yeah, just land make- in Sydney and get out to the rural outback. It's making it easy. And that's where I think there's there's a huge potential for those multi-stop kind of package itineraries because you're giving the convenience and the ease of access like you would have on an Alaskan cruise where you, you know you don't have to go oh we're going from Athabasca to Saskatchewan or well, <laughs> you don't have a plan you just go all right this is our trip this is what we do and we get a really cool dome for the first night the second night we're in a really cool tiny house and then you know we're in a bubble hotel for the final night and we're, we're doing hot air ballooning then we've got a canola flight like there's so many amazing things to do and you don't have to go to the Hunter Valley or the Gold Coast or Cairns to do it. You know, you can go an hour and a half out of Sydney in the Blue Mountains or you can go another hour and a half further and you're in the Bathurst or Cowra. Um, so there, there's a lot to discover out here. And yeah, I think I think it's just the beginning. Beautiful. I love it. You're bringing real Australia to people. Amazing. So I actually love to end every episode with one question, which is what's one piece of advice or inspiration you'd love to leave our listeners with? I've already hit on the authenticity thing, which is my kind of... Which is my jam. So thank you for... Yeah, I mean, it's just so important, but... There's a few things that I've got like recently that I've found really important, which is just reading. Not a big deal, but very important though. There was a time where I couldn't read like oh so before I even started becoming like running my own business, I started reading books out loud to myself to get better at like presenting and reading and like mind function and all of that. It was so good. It was I feel like it's so essential to just like develop those kinds of skills and then obviously reading and being able to dive into all the business books and perspectives and all of that it's really important well I think this was a conversation I was having with a friend the other day coming out of like graduating high school and I think she was talking about all the pressure that you have going through the HSC and well what are you going to do what do you like do you want to go to uni do you want to get a job do you want to have a trade and kind of, I think, as we said before, if you can define your mission and what really lights you up, like what is it in your life that really gets you going and then figure out how you can provide value to other people doing that, then you've got the start of your business. And then as we've alluded to before, jumping in and just getting started, like don't be afraid of or I don't know how, just start and you will find the answers around you. Like you will, you'll be able to see where the answers are, whether it's finding the right person to talk to, whether it's, you know, researching it online, going to a course, like the answers are all there. Everything you want to do in your life, someone has already done and they've probably written it down in a book. So tie all of that together find your mission and then just focus on it and really like dedicate yourself to it. That's really good advice. You really do need that mission because basically business is a big puzzle. Everyone's done it and everyone's got a version of it, but it's never going to be your version of it. You have to put that puzzle together do all the research and do all the experience and have all that and be the person that like funnels it into something that only you can do and only you can bring to the world, I think. Like I said before, you know, experiment. Don't be afraid to pivot. Don't be afraid of failure. But when you do find something that isn't working, cut it quickly and learn from it and then optimize and go in the direction that was working. So I think that's also really important that you're way better off 
cutting your losses and going and doing that pivot rather than getting stuck in that going down that path because you feel like you've invested too much in it already or whatever the reason is and you just continually go down that losing path like one of the first times I experienced that I built my own website for unwind escapes and it was it was okay but it was me building a website but I put all my time into it so then I was like oh, I need a better website so I hired a developer and we put a lot of time and a lot of money into that website and then I came across D Travel who had even better websites, but I'm like, oh well, I've already like put all this money into this website, so I you know want to continue with this one, but then I could see that theirs is better, cheaper, and has a great technology. So I had to cut my losses with that website and move over to the D Travel one. And without that, Unwind wouldn't be where it is now. So even though at the time I was like, oh well, you know, I get to keep everything in house and I've already spent all the money. It was a way better decision to cut that loss and pivot and go with the, you know, more logical, more optimized direction. And that's outsourcing a bit. So that part of it's like being dealt with by them. So that's really good. That's a way of scaling as well. So you, it wasn't, it was optimization, definitely. When you, when you find someone, I think that's another thing that I believe in a lot. It's collaboration over competition. You know, if you find someone that does something really well, find a way that you can partner with them and utilize what they do. Because, you know, if you go into competition with them, you have to spend all the money, you have to do everything to like catch up with them, or you can find a way to partner with them and, and utilize their experience, their technology and everything that they've already built and give them something in return. But then you get access to something incredible without having to go back and do it from scratch. Yeah, that's awesome. And just finding the right technology that works for you is really important. So it's good that you pivoted. Like every technology can be really good. It just has to be the right one for you and what you're trying to achieve. So but. yeah, I think that's a really good point. You know, the other thing I find kind of struggled with a little bit with my business is there is so much software out there. Like you want a CRM, you've got a hundred different choices. You want, you know, an AI assistant, you've got a hundred different choices for that. And finding things that all work together is important, I think, and not being afraid to move softwares because if you get on something again and it's not working the way you want it, there's 99 other options out there. So go and explore them. Get on a demo call with them. Ask them questions. Ask good questions. Always, always, always. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big experimenter like you. I've tried everything. And I like to try things for other people too so they don't have to do it. Cause I, I enjoy doing it, but yeah. And like, I remember back when I was an accountant, which is random, but, and I was like, why do all these companies keep changing their accounting software? Right. It's complicating them, their lives for them. And then you realize business owner, you're like, I've changed accounting software like 10 times because this does this better. And this does this better. And this levels at this. And you're like, just keep changing. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's better. If you really break it down, like it's as simple as if it works, double down on it and keep using it. And if it's not, then find continue changing until you find something that does but when you find something that does like be loyal to it yeah it's true it is true don't waste too much time on like finicking around with that just like try it and go with it <laughs> and then getting stuck in something just because you're already there that's with everything yeah always cut it you're right amazing okay love that conversation thank you so much for sharing what you're doing and i believe so much in what you're doing so i'm so Excited to share this with the world. So for our listeners, if they'd like to be part of your world, where can they find you just specifically just to wrap it up? Okay, so the website, unwindescapes.com. You can go and book all of our properties. You can also sign up for our newsletter there, which we're, we're pumping out some cool content. We also have lifeofreillymanagement.com and we're across all the social pipes, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, X now, not Twitter. Yeah, so. So you can find us on any of those platforms. We have a really cool quiz out at the moment called your perfect getaway quiz. So you can find out which unique accommodation is suitable for you. And then we give you some more information about what they are and how they work and why you might love them. Yeah, that's cool. I'm going to do that quiz. And I'll probably be coming to Sydney just to stay in one of your properties now. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for sharing with us and thank you for being here. And I hope everyone jumps on and goes to an unwind escape tour and hopefully we can bring them to Perth soon too. I'll help you.
<laughs> Amazing. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so freaking grateful to have shared this space with you today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, I would absolutely love it if you joined me on Instagram. I'd love to connect in the DMs and chat all things transformation. Hear some of your stories, your journey. It would be so, so cool. It would also mean the world to me if you did just click the little follow bell on Spotify or head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a quick review. With your help, we can help more people feel the incredible depths of transformation through stories and teachings shared here. And, you know, please remember, you can do anything you hear here too. It is not for just other people to do. You can do it too. Thank you so much, gorgeous soul. See you on the next episode.